When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. I've used the following saying a lot over the years. It's one thing to be a four or a five-star recruit. It's another thing entirely to be a four or a five-star college basketball player. Recruiting these days receives a ton of coverage, which is fitting because of how vital it is to a college basketball program, to any program in college sports. So when you see your favorite team secure a highly regarded recruit, yeah, you better believe it's exciting. But that only increases the likelihood of a team drastically improving. It doesn't guarantee it. There's so much more that goes into all of it, the development of a player. Over the last couple of months, culminating with this episode, we've gotten a chance to catch up with every new member of this Michigan men's basketball program. This week, we conclude with Doug McDaniel and Cooper Smith. And for these two and the others we've spoken with, and I'm including the freshman class and the new transfers, Jalen Llewellyn and Joey Baker here too, uh, we don't know how their careers will ultimately end up. But off the court, in these settings, around the community, There really is a lot to be proud of. Every year, legitimately, one of my absolute favorite projects is this series. These are oftentimes my first interactions with these Wolverines, and pretty much every time, I come away impressed with who they are as people. Of course, listen, I know how this works. Most people are locked into these individuals on the floor, what they will do for Michigan as basketball players. That's how fans think. Totally get it. But I do believe there's a tangible connection to all of this. No, the national championship doesn't go to the team with the best collection of human beings necessarily. It's about who goes out there and wins. But I do believe that recruiting the type of people that Michigan does, that's a net positive in that quest for a national championship. Will it be enough to ultimately secure that title? Well, we shall see. But the push to go from a five-star recruit to a five-star player is a heck of a lot easier when you're a five-star person. And in that last category, 
Michigan does very well. All right, without further ado, let's wrap up this intro series. Doug McDaniel, then Cooper Smith right here on this week's edition of Defend the Block. We're talking Michigan basketball. Welcome to Defend the Block, where we'll take you inside the basketball programs with interviews, analysis, and so much more. Now, here's your host, Brian Bush. Doug McDaniel, our guest here on Defend the Block. Great to catch up with you. Uh, how are things going? How have the first few weeks been for you as, as a, as a real-life college basketball player? It's not a commitment. It's not a verbal. It is, yes, you are officially a part of the family. Uh, it still feels surreal sometimes, but it's been a smooth transition. You know, I come from a high-level high school program and high school league, so the transition like has been pretty smooth for me, you know, because the level of competition is similar, but, you know, it's a little bit a little bit better. So it's definitely been a smooth transition so far. You of this class of 2022 were the first to commit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have been waiting for this longer than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose Michigan? And it was right after your official visit. So what was it about that visit and the lead up that said, yes, this is the place for me? Uh, Coach Jawan is like my uncle. You know, we grew up, grew up knowing each other since second, third grade. Uh, and when I came on my visit, it just felt like home. You know, uh, I had the similar feeling when I decided my high school choice. And, you know, you can't go wrong with that gut feeling. So I knew I was in the right spot. So I decided to, you know, better myself while wait. And I committed on my official visit. Not just the camaraderie with Coach Howard, but, I mean, you're from the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah. We know, Michigan fans know very well the power, the skill the ability of players from there with Hunter, with T-Will, and there have been plenty of others at Michigan and elsewhere. How did that area, how did being from Washington, D.C. help you grow as a basketball player? Uh, It definitely helped me grow. You know, you do a lot of adversity in the city. You know, you got everybody telling you this and that. But, you know, it's pretty hard to stay focused. But, you know, those who want it more than others want to find that way to stay focused, sacrifice a lot. So I had to sacrifice a lot. You know, I had to changed locations a few times, you know, just to get really locked in. My mom put me in great spots, you know, to be successful. But I'm a product of my environment, so I'm thankful for, you know, everything I've been through, and I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to being, you know, the neighborhood hero for sure. A hundred percent. Point guards are so valuable, uh, and it takes such a unique skill set. But point guards can be very different. They come in all different shapes, sizes, skill sets, how would you describe your game as a point guard? What do you feel like you really thrive on that allows you to be successful at that spot? I feel like my pick and roll game, you know, I thrive in that. I practice that a lot. Uh, also, my transition, you know, my speed. I try to use my speed as an advantage and stuff. And I'm a very pass-first guy, so, you know, get others involved, finding their spots where they best scoring at and stuff like that. I feel like, you know, that's, very, that's one of my strengths in my game. Yeah, for you to find the right person, I mean, that takes – Instincts. It takes a high IQ. I mean, mm-hmm. do you feel like you've had that most of your life? Is that a given ability, or is it something that you've been able to really develop and train yourself to do over the years? I feel like it was, it was definitely installed installed in me at an early age. You know, I was playing with Team Glory, Zion Harmon, playing against like players like Jaden Springer, all that growing up. I feel like that IQ just, like you said, developed over the time. And now, I mean, I can use all that knowledge now to my advantage, and it's been paying off so far, so. I'm just keep building on that. 
who do you watch, whether it's a college player, NBA player, that, that you really glean a lot from? You say, man, if I could, if I could just take some of that skill set, put it into me, I, I like my chances. Uh, my favorite player is John Morant, so I watch a lot of John Morant. But in terms of like being realistic with myself, I watch a lot of Chris Paul. You know, watch his patience, see like he picked the right spots at the right time. You know, he go two, three, two, three, four possessions without scoring, just facilitating, get others involved. And I watch little things like that, like the way he defends and stuff like that. Just little things like that that I could see him like. I could uh, vision my game after and stuff like that. So I just try to put myself in these shoes. Like if I'm, if I were them in that position, like what would I do? And just going off what they do, I try to, you know, try to mirror what they do sometimes because it works. It's been working out for them. You know, when when people talk about size, whether it's height, weight, or whatever, it seems like a lot of times people discuss, oh well, this person's height or weight or whatever is a, a deterrent, is a negative. Uh, how is your height? A positive. How do you take advantage of that? Because when I watch you, the speed is incredible. Probably tough to track you in a, a transition situation. How do you utilize your size, your stature, to your benefit when you're playing? Uh, you know, people been talking about my height my whole life and stuff like that, but I, it doesn't really phase me because you know I've been dominating at a high level for years now. So that's like just give them an excuse, you know. But uh, I don't look at my height. You know, I go out there and play like I'm. Six three, six two, and I feel like I have, you know, very, very underrated uh, level of of athleticism, and I just try to use that to my advantage. You know, when I'm attacking the room, I try to you know bump defenders, but get the ball half the glass and stuff like that. So you know, I just in my head, I just I'm six three out there, so that's really be going on in my head. Like I can do everything everybody else can do, type. So and yeah. your finishing is so fun to watch. I mean, how mm -hmm. how do you? How has that developed over your career? Because obviously, as you continue to go higher and higher in basketball, everybody has to be more creative. Mm -hmm. it, it, you're going to face more difficult defenders. But how have you gotten to a point where, man, I mean, I, I feel like every different finish you have is, is a little bit different. you got so much in your arsenal. How has that come about? Uh, I just got to keep the defense guessing. You know, one time, one play I go on my left, then next play they're expecting the left, so I try to – Know, reverse it, go on my right and stuff like that. Just always keep the defense on their heels because some uh, nine times out of ten they're gonna jump for everything that I throw up. So you know, just keep them keep them on their heels and stuff like that. And then next thing you know, they're not gonna jump no more because they're expecting something. You know that that I did last play. That's when the finishing like becomes very easy because they they so unexpected to the point where like they don't want to jump or leave their feet because I then if they jump I can just make the pass and stuff like that. So it's a lot of things. I'm, me and my trainer definitely work on my finishing a lot. Make sure it's half the glass. We've been working on a lot of half the glass stuff because you know people get longer, more athletic. So I just gotta learn how to you know get it up there. So get it out of their reach. So yeah. How much have you? known about Michigan's great point guards in the recent past. I mean, you look at what this program has been able to produce at every position, it's mm -hmm. impressive, but especially at the point guard spot. I have to imagine that helped the process of knowing, hey, if I come into Michigan as a point guard, I've got a great chance to be successful. What does that mean to have that chance to continue the great line of Michigan point guards? Uh, it means a lot, and it also, you know, puts a battery in my back because I'm, I'm all about working. I'm, I love to grind. You know, I've been grinding my whole life since since I was born. So, just knowing knowing there's a lot of history that come behind this position just make me even hungrier to get out there and prove that I, you know, I'm worthy to keep that legacy going and stuff like that. 
What are some of the things you're you're setting for yourself individually, goal wise, between now and the start of the season? Are there certain things that you feel like, hey, if I can improve here and here, then I've got a real chance to make an impact come November and beyond? Uh, I've been talking with the team a lot. Definitely, definitely being more vocal, but I feel like that's going to come as like you know I get more comfortable with the team, I get more used to guys, but just being more vocal and picking my picking the right spots, you know, when to score and when not to score and stuff like that. And being very poised, uh, I've been. I watch a lot of. I watch a lot of film. That's one thing. Like, if you if you see me on my computer, nine times out of ten, I'm watching from on myself and like on my teammates as well, trying to see like whatever whatever best spots to get open and stuff like that. So you know, just trying to try to mirror my game after pro guys after pro guys, because you know that's the goal. So yeah, just always keeping that poise and just be very patient because. You know, you can't let no, nobody speed you up in this college game because that's when you, you, know, you start having bad games and they think they figured you out. Yeah. I think when, when people say they're watching film, I think a lot of people just assume, okay, well, just in-game film. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys watch practice film. Yeah. How much can you glean from practice film? Not just X's and O's, but, but you know, effort level, energy. I mean, there's a lot that can come from just watching you in practice, can't mm-hmm. there? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, in practice, that's where all the ground hopping is. You know, there's no cameras in there, but, you know, we still have our cameras, like, hidden so nobody can see. And you just see the real emotion, you know, guys engaged, jumping around and stuff like that. Just that energy, that energy could definitely translate to the game. And you see a lot of a lot of mistakes we make that we want to make in the game. So, you know, just practice film is definitely very, very important. I feel like it's equally as important as game film. Because, you know, certain things you do in practice that you want to do in the game, vice versa and stuff like that. So I'm just, you know, I'm grateful that we you know, get a chance to watch practice film because at my high school we did. We did, but we didn't get the chance that often. Sure. Camaraderie of the team, uh, not just maybe you in the freshman class, but everybody. It's, it's early, but what's the vibe in this group and, and how well connected are you guys at this at this stage of the offseason? We're actually very, very connected. You know, we have a great team. We have a lot of depth. You know, you walk in the locker room, you just see all smiles. Like, I feel like this year is my – we're definitely going to surprise a lot of people. You know, we have a great, great bond with each other. Like, each one through 15, 16, everybody. You mentioned one of the things that that folks are trying to encourage you to do is is be more vocal. Who has been – I assume Hunter's pretty high on that list amongst this team, but who else have you heard from that are trying to take on that vocal leadership? Because – you know, this is a team that has obviously changed a great deal from last season. Outside mm-hmm. of Hunter, there's a lot of, of new players to the program coming in and buying time. Who have you learned from and who has kind of taken some of that leadership responsibility? Uh, I learned a lot from Jace. You know, uh, Jace is a dominant vocal leader. You know, he gets his points across, but he doesn't just, you know, yell to yell. He actually knows his stuff and is going to teach you, but in a, like a leadership demanding way, like he's going to tell you what to do and what not to do and stuff like that. And, you know, you need guys like that on the team, uh, especially guys like that to help me out because I'm, you know, I'm an incoming guy. I don't know a lot of things. And he's just been, been a great help along the way, and I definitely appreciate that. Lastly, before I let you go, uh, when you're not playing basketball or watching film, how do you unwind? What do you like to do for fun outside of the, outside of the floor? Uh, I just like to meet new people. You know, I like to get outside my comfort zone, meet new people, but also make sure, you know, I'm still keeping the goal at hand, make sure I get my film watching it every day or make sure I go to the gym every day. Uh, I like to go to the gym late night, you know, 2 a.m. and stuff like that. That's 2 a.m.? Like, yeah, that's like my vibe. Wow. I actually, last night, uh, not last night, was it It was Sunday night I slept at the gym. We had morning practice at 7 a.m. So I slept at the gym 
first one there, wow. stuff like that. It's just I just fell in love with it. You know, I fell in love with the game. So it's been fun. But yeah, I'm just a people person. Like go meet new people. Just get my name out there early. Did you find a couch? Or was it like a chair? Like oh, was it comfortable? Players lounge. Yeah, it was comfortable. All right, I want to make sure, man. Yeah, that, for sure. That's impressive. Good for you. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Michigan fans, you're gonna love meeting this young man, Doug. I appreciate the time. Good to meet you. I'm glad we could do this. For sure, for and sure. uh, hey, continued success. Keep up the grind. Thank you. Appreciate you. We've got Cooper Smith alongside a last name that course you hear a lot no matter what but it does have a connection to the great jay smith on the staff we'll get into that in a little bit uh but jay's son cooper a new member of the team uh is alongside cooper thanks for joining us welcome to the team and to the podcast uh it's been a wild ride for you as a basketball player uh battling injuries getting to this point take fans through the last few years and then what it was like to find out, hey, I'm, I'm a part of this Michigan men's basketball family. Yeah, so first, thanks for having me. But um, so out of high school, I was originally going to play for my dad um, at K College, K Zoo. And, uh, and then I had, some, I had a back injury, um, ended up being way more than a back injury, ended up having a lot of stuff, stuff going on. Um, later that year, we found out Juwan got the job and we were coming to Ann Arbor. Um, then I had some more procedures done, had a little surgery, had some screws, uh, some screws, some rods, some hardware put up in me, and uh, and then was finally full go this past summer and and got the word that I'm going to be on the team. So finally, uh, finally got that out of the way, and we're rocking and rolling. So uh, was it your dad who told you? Was it Coach Howard? How did you find out? And, and what's that initial moment like of, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a Michigan Wolverine? Yeah, so I talked to Coach about it before. Um, and then uh, when I was healthy and when I told him I was full go, uh, we had a little meeting. And, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So you take a little bit of time away from college. Obviously, you're outside of basketball. Uh, you're, you're working back from an injury and the pandemic hits. And obviously, as we all know, the pandemic was difficult for people in a lot of different ways. I mean, what was that stretch like for you? Did, did you worry that maybe you wouldn't be able to ever play basketball again? Uh, yeah, just because, you know, the injury was, it was so like drawn out and long and then like not being able to get doctor appointments um, and all that stuff. And then um, I knew if I could get healthy, um, I'd be able to, and I just took a little bit of faith, a little bit of believing, but yeah. So take us through here since you've gotten on the team. Uh, what's that acclimation process been like? Uh, and, and have you had any of those kind of cool pinch me moments or just, wow, I mean, this is, this is as, as good as it could have gotten considering where I came from? Right. So just being around the game like my entire life, like since I was a baby, and my mom bringing me to practices, getting out of school, going right to practice you know, being uh, on scout team for all of my dad's scouts, you know, from time I was seven, eight years old to like finally being able to like fully practice, that's been really cool. Just cause I've been watching it for yeah. so long and taking part in it little bits and pieces, now being like full go, 
got a jersey now, not you know wearing a mesh penny. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> we'll ask about your dad and what he's meant to you. And and you know for those who who don't know, Jay Smith is director of player personnel here at Michigan. Of course, former assistant, former head coach, uh, done so much in basketball. But to get to this point, it's not just your dad. It's not just one person who helps you. You mentioned your mom and what she meant. How how did the rest of your family help you get to this point to get to being able to play at Michigan? I mean, what, what have those individuals meant to you? Um, I mean, when you have an injury that takes you out for so long, there's definitely dark days. And, you know, my mom, my sister, shoot, my dog Cash, just, uh, you know, we're all kind of all hands on deck. And, and it's been really cool just because even when Jawan was playing, like my mom in the Fishers and the Dutcher, like in the Dutchers and, and, you know, Coach Watson's family, like it was like they got to see it firsthand. And now everyone kind of seeing Coach, Coach Jawan coaching, it's, it's, and now me being a part of it, it's been, it's been really cool. All right. I, I, I was going to ask next about your dad, but tell us more about Cash. Oh, like the dog, I, I love so much that you brought up your dog. That's amazing. Shout out to my dog Nelly. I love her. <laughs> Tell us about Cash. Oh, Cash is the Cash is the he's the best. I well, first of all, it it needs to be said. I named him after my jump shot, <laughs> which is Cash. <laughs> which is Cash. So, we <laughs> So, uh, that's out of the way. He is. Uh, he actually just went to the vet today. He got his weight back. He is a mini labradoodle, 21 pounds of pure muscle and energy. Um, but no, yeah, he's he's something else. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Dark days. Dogs help a lot. Pets help a lot. And I'm, I'm sure that Cash was a, a big part of that during your rehab process. Uh, all right, your dad. What, what was it like to be around basketball as much as you were? And, and was that passion and love for the game kind of something you just, you always had since your, your remembered life began? Or, or was it something that maybe there's a memory that sticks out of, yeah, all right, I really want to try to do this? Uh, yeah, so uh, for people that don't know, my dad's pretty energetic, so <laughs> uh, to say the least. So watching him and seeing the passion that he had, that was just kind of, uh, my normalcy. That was what I kind of thought everybody was like. And the older I got, you really see how unique and, and how special that is. But uh, that passion has been something I've kind of gravitated towards. Um, but for me, I really uh, dove into like player development and in trying to get myself better. I'd say going into my freshman year of high school, that was, that was kind of a flipping point um, where it was like, all right, it's, it's time to roll up the sleeves and, and, and go, go, go after this thing. So tell fans about who you are as a player. What does Michigan get when Cooper Smith goes out there on the floor? Uh, coaches, coaches kid to a T, to be honest with you. Um, someone that knows how to play, he's going to play the right way. Um, someone's going to play with a lot of energy, uh, enthusiasm. Um, someone that can can shoot the ball and, and plays for his teammates, plays for others. And, and of course, in your role, having your eyes fixated on the scouting report, being on that scout team will be so vital. Uh, take fans through that and, and, and just how important that is to the team and how important you know that responsibility is because this is a, a role to try to help and serve others as well. Uh, what can you bring to that scout team? Uh, well, shoot, I've been on it since I was like eight years old. So 
for all my dad scouts um, at Detroit, at University of Detroit. Um, but just getting, giving guys a look of, of what they're going to see in games is huge. Um, it's, there's so many statistics and analytics, but it's one thing to see an action or to see a play and have to guard it. And then you get that, you get that same play you know, a day later. Um, it, it, it helps a lot. How about uh, the rest of the team, the vibe you've gotten so far since you've been around the guys? What, uh, what is it like being around the rest of this team? It seems like a very tight-knit group. Yeah, so I've got to see a lot of these guys um, for two, three years um, that we've been here. Um, and now to finally be a part of it, it's really cool to uh, you know, see the brotherhood that's, that's starting to form because you know, there's, there's new pieces, there's, there's, there's not that typical four-year senior that, I, that we have. So you know, coming together and trying to gel it and mesh it, it's, it's, been, it's been awesome and it's, it's, been really, it's been really good. What are some things that you feel like this group needs to get better at? What are some of the things at the top of the to-do list between now and, and the start of the season? There, there's a good amount of time, but as you know, the, these things go quickly and it'll be the season before we know it. Uh, yeah, so coach preaches it, just getting 1% better. Um, right now it's, it's so early. Um, it's so early. And if we can just kind of keep with that 1%, getting everybody 1% better, I think by the time November comes and – We'll, we'll be ready to rock. Uh, lastly, I, I try to ask all the, the newcomers, you know, have, have you taken yourself to November yet? Have you thought about what it'll be like that first game at Chrysler Center and, and you're rocking the maize and blue? Uh, obviously, you've been supporting this program for, for plenty of times because of your dad's connection to it, uh, but you're going to be a part of it. You're going to be a player. Uh, do you have any prediction on what that's going to feel like? Um, shoot, I've been waiting for this since, I mean, I didn't know it was going to be here, but I've been waiting to do this since I was like three years old. So, um, I, I haven't, like, I've thought about it a bunch actually, just because I've, like I said, like from the time I was little in to now, this has kind of been what I know is what my family does. This is, this is what we do. So, yeah, I, I've, given it, I've given it good thought, yeah. Well, I can't wait to get the, uh, the firm report exactly how it feels once it happens. Cooper, great work. Looking forward to seeing you and the team play, and uh, I appreciate you stopping by. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Doug. Thanks to Cooper. Thanks to everyone who made this set of Defend the Block episodes so interesting. Uh, really enjoyed getting to know everyone who will be making their debuts in the Maize and Blue coming up in a couple of months. Hard to believe we're already into football season. Hard to believe the college basketball uh, is right around two months away. Uh, certainly getting antsy for that. In the trenches, rocking and rolling again this week. If you haven't already, be sure to lock into the postgame recap of the Colorado State game. Wednesday's edition of In the Trenches, we are looking ahead to Hawaii. We'll have the keys to the game and the locker room speech in that Friday episode. And then under the lights at the big house coming up on Saturday for the Wolverines and Hawaii. So, again, thanks to Doug. Thanks to Cooper. Thanks to Tom Wyrot, Michigan Sports Information Director. And thanks, as always, to all of you. This has been another edition of Defend the Block. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Defend the Block, part of our Michigan Athletics Podcast Network. M Go Blue Podcasts. 
The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Michigan Sports Network.